0: The following audio is from Harvest Fellowship. For more information about Harvest Fellowship, visit harvestabq.org. Good morning, church. That was, that was so weak. Good morning, church. There we go. Are you excited for Food Truck Sunday? Uh, Noel came to me uh, after worship. He said, I don't know what you're so excited about. It's the, is it the food trucks or the service? You have extra energy this morning. I don't know, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for some pickleball. Anyone excited for pickleball? Yeah. I'm excited for cornhole. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a really good day. Um, Hey, tomorrow is Memorial Day. Did you know that? Tomorrow's Memorial Day. How many of you are off work tomorrow for Memorial Day? All right, banker's hours. Uh, And I just do not want to take for granted uh, Memorial Day and what it means and and uh, you know, on a on a day where we have the freedom to worship, we would not have that freedom if it weren't for those that fought for our freedom. And Memorial Day is about those who really gave their life for that freedom. And I just wanted to just say, I am so thankful for all of those. Uh, that gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we can be here today worshiping freedom of worship and freedom to eat laguna burger and tacos and have a great weekend and so I just wanted to express that this morning and one other announcement we announced this last week, but maybe you didn 't hear uh, we are next Sunday uh, as soon as church is over uh, we are going to start a project where we 're going to remodel our youth room and uh, and so what we 're going to do and I apologize because I asked you last week to sign up to let us know you're coming so we would have enough food for you. And the sign up, there was something not right with it. So some of you went to sign up and you couldn't. And that's our fault. So we fixed it. And so if you will help us, you can go on the Church Center app. You can say, hey, I want to be a part of work day." We'll provide lunch next Sunday. Just bring work clothes or wear them to church. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to change as soon as church is over. And we're going to go. We're going to tear all the carpet out of you through. We're going to demo a wall. We're going to start building a stage. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. It's going to be incredible. We'll take care of lunch. And then that week we have crews coming in to start that project and uh, just really excited. And mostly, listen, mostly I'm excited about what God's doing in the the next generation uh, through Harvest. A building's a building. A room's a room. It's It's just a tool. But as we looked at it, we said, "Hey, we need to make this tool a little bit better." And so I'm just really excited about that. And I hope that you'll you'll stay and you'll help and you'll be uh, a part of that. And then I want to say one thing, and we're going to start today's message in our series Familia. It's a series all about how to family, but I want to say this. Uh, I just, I had this, this real sense uh, from the Holy Spirit as we were worshiping um, that there are a number of people that you're here today, probably in, uh, based on what I'm feeling, probably for the first time. And I just want to say to you today, I just sense this so strong that you're not here today by accident. Like whatever the circumstance happened that got you here on this day, is not an accident. I believe that God has a plan for you and your life and your family and something special in store for you today. And so I am so excited for that. I'm excited about what I think God's going to do in your family. So um, we're talking about family. That's our series right now. So real quick, not a trick question. Raise your hand if you have a family. Raise your hand. Does anyone, does anyone, does anyone not have a family? Okay, you all have a family. And, and here's the deal. Family is awesome. It's also hard. Uh, Your family might be big. It might be small. Um, Raise your hand if you have crazy people in your family. Anyone? All right. Raise your hand if you're the crazy person in in your family. Point to the person in your family that's the crazy. There you go. All right. Family is so, so much fun, and I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible, which is the the standard for Christian living, the standard for those of us that profess to follow Jesus, the Bible has a lot to say about how... To family. And here's where I want to start today. I actually want to start uh, kind of where we left off last week. Last week uh, I preached a message around this idea. You've heard the phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And uh, as we did that, we can, we really talked about how that, that often in family there's dysfunction that is passed down generationally, that we see these patterns that pass down generationally. And that's really what, what kind of got our attention last week. But today I want to start with some good news. I want to share a verse with you out of Exodus chapter 20. It actually talks about this idea. It says, I the Lord your God am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So that's talking about how the dysfunction is passed down generationally. And it says in this verse in Exodus that it passes down three to four generations. But here's the good news. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commands. And I wanted to start right there, because I'm going to ask you in a moment, we're going to pause, we're going to pray, we're going to get ready for the word that that we feel that God has for us today. But in that, I wanted to encourage you with this, because last week we did some hard work, we looked back, we identified some generational dysfunction. A whole bunch of you courageously stepped forward and came to the altar and said, Lord, I need I need you to break this I want to be the one that breaks this cycle in my family and I believe that that's happening and as that happens here's the good news is that the generational blessing goes much further than the generational curse Isn't that good news and I think sometimes the the curse gets kind of all of the attention but I just want to start here today that the generational blessing is so much stronger than the generational curse so for those of you who have been been man enough or woman enough to stand up and say, for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to turn this tide. We're going to go a different way. You are creating a whole new trajectory for your family and it will extend to a thousand generations. Anyone want that for your family? That's exciting, right? All right, so I'm going to ask you to pray. This prayer is really important to us. This prayer is, is a very personal prayer. It's where you say, God, we're about to open your word. And so while we do that, I'm listening. I'm tuning in today. I'm, I'm getting, getting ready, and I'm listening. And whatever you have for me, that's what... I want. And I'm just telling you, it's a powerful prayer. And so I'm asking you, would you pray that prayer with me? It takes us about 20 seconds. So let's pray. Father, I uh, just am so excited for your word and what it has to say for me and for my family and for my church family, and so we just pause, we open our hearts, we just say, we're listening today, and whatever you want to accomplish in our lives today, that's what we want, that's what we're after, and Lord, I just take a moment, I pray for every family who is making decisions to follow after you, that a new trajectory would begin for their family that would pass down generationally to a thousand generations, and I believe that today in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Many of you know a couple in our church, Manny and Amber, and uh, this coming weekend they are getting married. They're currently engaged. This coming Friday they'll get married. And so Lisa and I were talking with Tom and Kendra, that's Amber's parents, and we were talking with them this week about the wedding, and and we were uh, I, I have a philosophy that you should find some parents who are a little further along the journey than you and learn from them. And so I'm trying to learn from them. And so or talking to them about it and in that conversation Kendra made the comment she said guys Amber has been planning her wedding since she was four years old does anyone have someone like that in your family like they are they're already they're ready they're they're, they're getting ready and I, that I'll just be honest that kind of blew my mind all right four years old I was not thinking about a wedding I don't know Lisa might have been but I was not but here here's the reality the reality is that all of us have dreams dreams for our family. All of us, as we think about our family, we, we, we have dreams for what that might look like. And today, here's what I want us to think about. What happens when your current reality for your family does not match those dreams? There's a story in the Bible where a man named Jacob, I'm going to read it to you. A man named Jacob, he woke up one day and basically he said this. He woke up, he looked at the wife that he was laying next to and he said this, he said, Wait a minute, this is not the family that I signed up for. I don't know if you've ever thought that about your family. Maybe you've looked at at your current reality and thought, wait, this is not the family. I signed up for it. Let me show you this story. Genesis chapter 29 verse 14 says this. Jacob had stayed with him for a whole month and Laban said to him, just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now we're starting in the middle of a story and so you need a little bit of context. And the context is this, that Laban, who we're reading about here, is Jacob's uncle. And you might know about Jacob. He has a brother named Esau. Maybe read about Jacob and Esau, and and Jacob, he deceived his father to steal Esau's blessing, and so in Genesis 27 verse 41, Esau makes this announcement. He says, I am going to kill my brother. Now, I don't know if you have siblings, and I don't know what you might have said about your siblings, but I certainly said some mean things about my brother, about my sibling, Um, but let me just tell you that in this case, Esau meant it, okay? This wasn't just like, I hate my brother, okay? It wasn't that. He was actually going to kill his brother Jacob. So Jacob runs for his life, and as he's on the run, he bumps in to Uncle Laban. And they're talking with Laban. He stays with him for about a month, and Laban says to him, he says, hey, you're family, but that doesn't mean that you have to work for me for free. So how much Do you want me to pay you? And here's the response in verse 16. Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel had a lovely figure and was beautiful. And so Jacob was in love with Rachel, who's the younger, um, lovely figure, daughter, and says, I'll work for you for seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. And we have to talk about this for just a second, because I don't know how it caught you, but when I read through this, this phrase, Leah had weak eyes. Did that seem interesting to anyone else? Now, the King James version, if you happen to be reading along in that version, actually says this. It says, Leah had tender eyes. Now, that sounds sweet, right? She had tender eyes. It actually, it made me think of of something. I'll, I'll put a picture up for you. It made me think of this picture right here. All right. That's Tinder Eyes right there, right? If you don't know, this is a picture from the movie Bambi. And the wise old owl, he gathers Bambi and Thumper and Flower. Do you remember? That's Thumper. And and Bambi, of course, is the deer, and Flower is the skunk. And the wise owl, he gathers them together and he teaches them. Let's see if you remember this word. He teaches them what it means to be Twitter pated. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, Twitter pated. It's what happens to teenagers, right? <laughs> when the hormones kick in. And all of a sudden, the boy recognizes the girl. They become Twitter pated, right? And the, and the owl says this. The owl says, nearly everyone gets Twitter pated in springtime. That's how he starts his speech. And he says, for example, you're walking along and you're, you're minding your own business and you're looking neither to the left or to the right. And then all of a sudden, you run smack into a pretty face. You begin to get weak in the knees and your head's in a twirl. And and when you feel light as a feather and before you know it, you're walking on air and then, you know what? You're knocked for a loop and you completely lose your head and Thumper responds, he says, gosh, that's awful and Flower responds, gee whiz and Bambi says, that's terrible do you remember all of this? And then the owl says, and that ain't all it can happen to anybody and so you better be careful because it can happen to you it can happen to you It could happen to you. And they all go scampering off. Do y'all remember that? Yeah? Did that take some of you back to to your Bambi? Do do y'all remember that movie? Twitter painted. Okay. Let me just tell you. That was fun. That is not at all what is meant when it says that Leah had weak eyes. Okay? The New Living Translation says it this way. says there was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. Okay? what what's probably happening here is uh, a Hebrew uh, idiom, a, a saying that that would have meant something culturally. Like like if you were alive then, you would have known what this meant. Like I, my dad had a saying growing up. He would say, "Don't pull my leg." Okay, I don't know if anyone you ha- heard that, and, and that had nothing to do with a leg nor pulling. Okay, it meant like like don't mess with me. Don't don't joke about that. Don't right. So that's probably what's happening here when it says Leah had weak eyes, but but. Listen, I mean, almost certainly what it meant was that Leah was less attractive than Rachel. And so Jacob, he's not interested in weak-eyed, you know, less attractive Leah. He wants to marry Rachel, so he makes a deal with Laban. He says, I'll work for you for seven years so that I can marry your daughter, Rachel. And verse 19, Laban says, It's better that I give her to you than to some other man. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a statement, right? Guys, do you remember when you when you asked ask the dad if you could have the, the daughter's hand in marriage? Imagine he's like, Well, it's better I give him to you than some other guy, right? He's kind of kind of resigned himself. So, hard. so he, <laughs> that's why it made me laugh. So so he says, Stay and work. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but it sounds like a Hollywood movie. It only seemed like a few days to seven years because of his love for her. And Jacob said to Laban, give me your wife uh, at seven years. He said, give me my wife. My time is complete, and I want to make love to her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place, and they gave a feast. And when evening came, he took his daughter Leah, now, real quick, because I want to make sure you're following. Uh, He wants Rachel, but now Laban takes Leah, you're following this, right? And brings her to Jacob. And Jacob made love to her, not to Rachel, to Leah. And Laban gave his servant Zilpah to his daughter as her attendant. And when morning came, here's the moment where he wakes up and he's like, This is not the life I signed up for. When morning came, there was Leah. And we're going to come back to that, I promise you. How that happened, it's still weird, right? So Jacob said to Laban, what have you done to me? I served you for Rachel, then and I. Why have you deceived me? And Laban replied, it's not our custom here to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week, and then I'll give you the younger one also, watch this, in return for another seven years of work, Right? Are you following this story? Some of you didn't know this was in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Jacob did so. He finished his week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife, and Laban gave his servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel, and Jacob made love to Rachel, and his love for Rachel was greater than his love for Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. It's a crazy story, Right? This is, a, this is a, a crazy story in the Bible, and we're not going to today, don't worry if your kids are in the room and you're worried about this story. We're not going to talk about how Jacob made love to Leah first, and he didn't realize that it was her, that it, I mean, I still don't know how that happened, I, I really don't. But Jacob, here's the point, he wakes up the morning after his wedding, and this is my paraphrase, he says, help, I don't like my family, that, that's what he said, And that's the title of my message today. Help, I don't like my family. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, okay? But some of you have thought that. Some of you, at some point in your family dynamic, have thought, this is not the family that I dreamed of. This is not the marriage I dreamed of. This is not the relationship with my kids. This is not my relationship with my in-laws. This is not, this is not the family that I've been, been dreaming of. And today, that's what I want us to talk about. So what do you do if you dislike your current reality of your family? Maybe you've heard this phrase. Uh, I'm going to use a play on this phrase today. Maybe you've heard this phrase, work hard, play hard. Have you heard that phrase, work hard? Play hard today. I want to use that phrase to, to talk to you about what do you do when you realize that the reality of your family doesn't match up with what you were wishing, hoping, praying, dreaming that it would be. And I'm going to use it differently. I'm going to use it this way: work hard, pray hard. Okay, work hard, pray hard. First, I want to talk about work hard. Now, go back to Jacob's story. He agrees to marry Rachel in exchange for seven years of work, which gives me an idea that as our girls get older, if a boy comes and might want to you know, be interested in one of them, I might, I might use this. Like, well, seven years, and, and and you work for me, and then we'll see about this, okay? Seven years he works, he gets Leah, weak-eyed Leah. He's not happy about that, so he works for seven years more, okay? If you're not good at math, that is 14 years, 14 years of work. There are a few people in here, you've barely been alive that number of years, okay? Some of you have never held a job for that long. Like, like this is a long period of time, a long period of time. And here's what I want us to take away from this today, is that great families, great families don't happen by accident, Great family, healthy family, loving family, the family that you've dreamed of is going to require hard work. For married couples, you might think of it this way. Are you willing to continue to do what you did when you were dating to win his heart, to win her heart? Are you willing to continue to do that after you are married. Sometimes uh, the men uh, are maybe the, the one that is pursuing the woman in the dating relationship and so they're going all out and they're they're putting on their best and they're buying gifts and they're doing, they're planning dates and they're being romantic and they're buying flowers and then they they get married and then the, the, the wife goes hey, where did all of that go? Right? <laughs> and I have been accused of this. Alright? I've been accused of this. And, and so I've I'm working, I'm working constantly at making sure that what I did when I was dating to win Lisa's heart, that I still have to do that. Here's what I'm telling you, great families don't happen by accident. It takes a lot of work. And maybe you're thinking today, well, pastor, my family is so broken. It's so broken that that, we need a miracle. Like, we are beyond hard work. We need a miracle. And let me just tell you today that God can heal your family. Does anyone believe that in this place today? Listen, God can heal your family, but he's going to need your help. (laughs) He's going to need your help. Now, before you question my theology, (laughs) let me just explain that God absolutely can do a miracle in your family, but you are going to have to do your part Let me see if this will help you. It'd be like an athlete who um, has a big game or a big, big event coming up, and the athlete prays to the Lord and says, Lord, I need you to help me to win this game. And God is in heaven, and he's listening to this prayer, and God is wondering, if you wanted to win, why did you skip practice? If you wanted to win, uh, why did you skip workouts? If you wanted to win, why didn't you watch the game film and and prepare and get ready? And I I have a feeling that God's in heaven saying, I'll do my best with what you've given me to work with. I don't know if I can help you to win. If you haven't put in the work, it'd be like like someone praying this prayer: "Lord, make me a millionaire." Oh, Lord, make me a millionaire. And the Lord's saying, "Well, it'd be easier to make you a millionaire if you had a job. <laughs> it, it, it'd be easier. Uh, you you'd get there faster if you had a savings account, right? Like I could probably help you a little more if you'd follow the principles in my Word and you and you would tithe and you'd live open handed. I could help you to get there. So." I'll do the best with what you've given me to work with. Or maybe the person who's praying, Lord, break this addiction in my life. And the Lord is wondering why you're still hanging out with the same old friends, why you're still going to the same places where this addiction has had a hold on your life. Here's what I want you to know today. The Lord hears your prayer, but you have a part to play in your miracle. I mean, I would love a gospel that didn't require me to do anything about my situation, <laughs> that I just prayed a prayer and magically something would happen, but it just doesn't work that way. So you wake up one day and you don't like your family, you don't like some component of your family, you don't like something that's going on in your family, and you, you know it's gonna need some hard work to do your part, to see a change. Let me give you three areas that you could focus on. And, and maybe you'll remember from last week, we talked about a guy by the name of Nicodemus. His story's in John chapter 3. He, he comes to Jesus, and, and Jesus tells him, you need to be born again. But Nicodemus is really smart, and he's like, how can an old person be born again? And Jesus, he explains this, this idea that you can't enter the kingdom of God Unless you're born of the flesh and born of the Spirit, so he says. He, he explains, I'm not saying you you have to be born literally again. You have to be born in the Spirit again, because flesh gives birth to flesh, and Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And that's where the church gets this phrase. Maybe you've wondered. You maybe you've heard this. That's where the church gets the phrase "born again." It's from this story in John three and. Born again is such an exciting uh, phrase for me because it indicates new, all right? It indicates new. Like I, I don't know about you, but I love new. Do you know, love new. You, like, a, like you get something new, and like, like, like people talk about a new car smell, right? right? Have you ever? And there is. There's there's one there. It doesn't last very long, right? Don't buy for the new car smell because it goes away quickly, right? But there's something about new. There's something about new. Lisa and I were uh, visiting someone in the hospital this week, and they have a they have a baby, and I was holding the baby. I wouldn't let Lisa hold the baby because then she'll want another baby. And so I held the baby, and Lisa talked to mom, and I held the baby. And I was just, I'm like, I'm holding her. Her fingers are like this tiny, her toes, and she's and you know, baby, they smell good. There's a baby right there. They smell good. They're new right there. Don't let Lisa hold. They're new. <laughs> Something exciting about, about new. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, it says, if anyone is in Christ, in other words, if, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, it says this about that decision, the new has come and the old has gone. How exciting is that? Like, I'm just telling you, that is so, that's it's my favorite part of the gospel, is that, that because of Jesus and the cross and what he's done for you and I, we have the ability to change and to have a new life. So this hard work that I'm talking about for your family, I'll, I'll give you three categories that, that might help you, and they, they all include new things. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, says, therefore... I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So out of that passage, let me tell you three places that you might need to to work hard if you need something new in your family and the first one is this is some new disciplines okay some new disciplines Romans says this offer your body as a living sacrifice let me tell you something that i've learned paul starts here he starts with use your body to worship the lord and what i've learned is that anything that involves changing my body is going to include new disciplines. If you want to get healthy, if you want to get stronger, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get faster, if you want to get ready for swimsuit season, right? Because swimsuit season is upon us. It's going to require some new discipline when it comes to your diet and your exercise. And and that's why we have Laguna Burger here today to help you with, with that. Now think about Think about your family, think about your family, okay? Not your diet, think about your family. What disciplines could you put in place that would transform your family? I'll just give you a few suggestions. There's there's some more, but but what about the discipline of praying for my family on a regular basis? Just just a a discipline that every day uh, or as often as I I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my wife. I'm going to pray for my children. I'm going to call them out by name. I'm going to have a list uh, where where I'm thinking about what areas does my family need prayer. I'm going to pray. For my family, what about what about the discipline of turning your phone off sometimes? <laughs> right, I know blasphemous. Right, my phone's never off, never since I bought it. It's it doesn't know mine doesn't have an off position, and that is the problem. What about the discipline of it's going to go off at a certain time at night, or it's going to go off during dinner, or it's going to go. off. I don't care. I don't care what it is. I'm just suggesting what discipline could could transform your life. A while back, Lisa and I were talking and she shared something with me because the girls uh, had been talking with her uh, and they were talking about our car ride to school every day. And on uh, uh, most mornings, I'm the driver to take Ava and Eden to school. And, and so one day, they were Lisa was talking to the girls and it, and it just kind of came up in their conversation that, that, that they were like, dad doesn't really talk to us on the way to school. And, and listen, like it, it, this is all it is, is that, that I, I, I wake up slow. Does anyone else wake up slow? I wake up slow, you get me. There's my people that get me. Now, like Lisa, oh my goodness, y'all. I mean, her eyes open and it's like, I'm like, whoa. I mean, she's, got, she's going, right? Eden is the same way. I mean, bam, her eyes open, off to the races. I'm still waking up, all right? So most school mornings, I've been up for a little while, but I'm, I'm, I'm awake enough to drive, but, but not awake enough to like have a conversation. And so that's all that was going on, is I wasn't being mean, I didn't hate them, There wasn't. but we were driving to school, I'm thinking about my day, I'm getting ready, I'm, I'm planning, I'm just, I'm kind of waking up, you know? Well, I didn't realize, I didn't realize. I, but the girls were talking to mom, and they, they were like, dad doesn't really talk to us on the way to school. And so Lisa was just like, I didn't, I just wanted you to know about this. I just wanted you to know, you know, because you could probably fix it if you wanted to. And so I made an effort. I made an effort to change our car rides. It took some discipline, right? It meant I had to pay attention. I couldn't just get in the car and get in the zone. And so, and Lisa's a much better question asker than me, and so I had to get better at asking questions. I had to to be, and I am interested, but I had to show them that I was interested in their day. I had to pay attention to what they're telling me so I could ask them follow-up questions. This all, listen, for some of you, you're so good at this, this wouldn't take discipline. For me, it took discipline. And I'm telling you, it changed our car rides to school. So all I'm asking you is this. What disciplines could you put in place that would transform your family? And let me tell you this. If you're not happy with your current family dynamic, you, just, you might need some new disciplines, new disciplines. Here's the second category, new patterns, new patterns. In Romans, we read it, Romans 12, it said, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Patterns are your best friend when they're healthy, and they're your worst enemy when they're unhealthy. The dangerous thing about patterns is that we just get into them and we start doing them and then the the unconscious takes takes over. We're not now we're in a pattern. We don't do it consciously. We do it unconsciously. We kind of get into these ruts and we just keep doing the same things over and over. Patterns can be your best friend when they're healthy but they're so dangerous when they're unhealthy, Um, we have a dog in our house. His name is Cooper, and he is spoiled rotten, okay? And I have a picture of Cooper. I want to show you my dog. He's He's, yes, look how sweet. And I'm going to tell you why I have this picture. I have other pictures, but this picture is because this is the window that looks at our front porch. And it's real low to the ground. It's about this low. And so he has discovered that he can lay there. And he puts his paw and he just lays his head right there in the windowsill. And it looks so sweet. Doesn't it look sweet? Just give me like an, oh, would you do that for me? Yeah, that's what, that's, it, looks, that's what it looks like. Let me, just, let me tell you, he is a sweet dog. But this is not about being sweet. This is about him watching for delivery men that might try to break into our house, okay? FedEx drivers, beware, right? UPS drivers, beware. Sweet puppy, watching, <laughs> we call him puppy, he's not a puppy, he's what, five, six, and he's seven, and he's 70 pounds, he's, he lays there and he's just watching. But if the UPS guy comes, let me tell you what happens, is like this fast, He's on his feet. His hairs on. His hairs up on his back. He's growling. He's barking. Right. All this. And he has a dog door. And so he runs to his dog door, and it opens. He has a little chip on his uh, on his collar. And so he runs up, and it opens. And he's trying to get out of it. And it gets out. And he runs around. He has to go around the backyard to the gate, so he can stand at the gate and announce to the UPS guy, "You better not come in here. This is my house." That's what he's doing with his bar. I can tell because I speak. I speak dog, okay? So let me show you another picture. This is a picture of the path that he has worn. (laughs) That is the path (laughs) to our back gate, okay? So every few weeks... Uh, I go out there and I rake and I just smooth it back in and then I go out and it's back. And so I've given up, I've given up, okay? He has developed a pattern, right? He has worn a pattern in our yard, right? And it goes right to the gate where he can go and he can bark at them and he can announce to them, you shouldn't come into my house. This, This is a pattern, right? If we could zoom out on your life, if we could put some special glasses on and, and look at look at the patterns of, of you and your family, there would be some patterns that would be well-worn. We, we would see the, the trails, the, the patterns that, 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 that would dictate why your family dynamic is what it currently is. You've heard it said that insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results or new results, so... I'm here to tell you today, you need some new patterns when it comes to your family. Some new patterns. I'll I'll give you, I'm giving you some examples. Uh, A pattern could be a pattern of eating dinner together, okay? Now, again, you can do this however you want, you can say, We're doing it. Five nights a week. You can say, we're doing it once a week. You can say, we're doing it however you want to do it. But I'm a big believer. I'm a big believer. And Lee says, help me with this. I'm a big believer in families eating dinner together, okay? Now, just so I can tie two things together, if you put this pattern with this discipline of turning the phone off, it's magic, y'all. I'm just telling you, it is magic. Because I'm just telling you, if you're eating dinner, but you're all on your phones, the pattern is blown, Okay? So there's a pattern. This, this week, um, I, think, I, I think we told you last week, Ava had had a surgery on her foot. She had a bunionectomy, and so um, she's here today, and she's doing really well. Thank you for loving her so well and loving us. Thank you for all the ice cream. Oh, my goodness. Um, we helped her with that. So many of you brought ice cream. Um, Lisa doesn't want any more, but I do. So if you still want to, you know, you can still do that. So we Ava had a surgery and, and so she's been recovering. And this week, Lisa called me one night. One day I was at the office. She called me. She said, She's I really want to do a dinner tonight that, that'll just make Ava happy. So we're foodies, okay? I don't know if you're a foodie, and we believe that food has the ability to make you happy temporarily, not like Jesus. He, he satisfies forever, but food can help you in the moment. And so so she said, I want to do a Happy Meal, um, and that's not McDonald's. It's something different. And so we were brainstorming, and we're like, you know what? She loves fettuccine Alfredo. And Lisa's like, that's it. I'll do fettuccine Alfredo. And so, sh- so she did the Alfredo, and then I grilled some chicken, and we sauteed some shrimp, and then we sauteed. What was that other thing we made? Scallops, that's what it was. We, we made scallops. And so we had this like build your own pasta bar. We had two gluten-free and extra gluten noodles. And we had we had <laughs> you didn't know they made those. We take the gluten out of the one, we put it in the other one, and so and we had a, we had the chicken and we had the shrimp, and we had the scallops, and we had this, we had this whole bar, and we made our, our bowls of, of pasta. And because it's been so nice out, we have a table on the patio, so we cleaned off the table, we put some music on, we had some little speakers out there, put some music on, and we're Sitting on our patio, and we're eating, we're eating pasta, and we're just laughing, and we're talking, and we're having this great time. And there was this moment where I just, I looked at Lisa, and she looked at me, and we knew. I mean, we just knew what each other was thinking. And I don't know which one of us said it first, but we we just basically said, "This is nice. This is nice." We're just, we're just sitting there with our family. Can Can I tell you though? That's been a pattern. Like we didn't just decide this week to eat a dinner. It's been a pattern, like we've, we've prioritized. We don't always get it right, we don't, we don't always get it right. There, there, there's weeks that that, that, that man, we're just struggling to eat dinner, right? All the basketball, and track, all the things, okay, so listen, it's just a pattern, though. The nice thing about a pattern, it's a well-worn path, and you'll just, it'll gravitate. You'll gravitate right back to it, right back to it. So what patterns do you need to transform your family? Um, m- married, married couples, uh, a date night, a date night. That, that, could be, that could be a pattern, right? And I'll just tell you, Lisa and I don't have a date night but we do a lot of dates. <laughs> like we don't have a, a, it's not a scheduled thing, and part of it's because the ages of our kids and the different things and the life and that, but we prioritize, and every once in a while, one of will say to the other, like, it's been a while since we've been on a date, and so we'll schedule, we we'll go on a date, and some of you, the, the pushback sometimes is, well, it's not romantic if it's scheduled and it's not spontaneous, like as if romance is only spontaneous, and I just think poo-poo on that, okay? I just think, listen, how is, is that going for you right how is it going for you so schedule schedule some date nights i'll say i'll give you another one vacation vacation this could be a pattern okay growing up my dad was a is still a pastor and worked very very hard he's a very very hard worker i mean it's he's just head down get the work done but here's a pattern that my dad and my mom established in our families is every summer 2 weeks we're going somewhere, just the four of us, we're going on vacation. We went to some amazing places over the years, and we did all this stuff. It was so much fun, and it, I'm just telling you, that was a pattern that was so helpful for my family, for Gerald, and, and myself, and, and my parents, so helpful. Here's one, and I know I'm telling the wrong people, because you're already here, but a pattern of going to church regularly. This would be a great pattern that has the ability to transform your life, and I'll just add into that, because you're already here, and you probably believe in that, but I'll add this one is that we have a youth group on Sunday nights at five o'clock, and there, there'd be a great pattern, and I'm gonna tie two things together for you. If you have teenagers, you could drop your kids off. That's the pattern of getting them to their own to youth group. You could drop them off and you could go on a date night. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You could put them together. You could put them together. You could go on a date night while they're at church. What what pattern could transform your family? Here's the next one: new. So we talk new disciplines, new patterns. Lastly, new mindsets. It says this in Romans 12: Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to talk to you just a moment about mindsets. Some some of us need some new mindsets. I looked at Lisa one day this week, and I said to her, "I said, babe, you're so beautiful." She's like, thank you. And I said, why are you so beautiful? I always say, I always say that. So I said, why are you so beautiful? I'm like, I always tell her, I'm like, it's your, this is your fault. You, your fault. I'm so attracted. You're so beautiful. Why are you so beautiful? And this week she said something different to me. She said, you think I'm so beautiful because you're always thinking about me. That's why you think I'm so beautiful. And I, it kind of hit me like, you're right. You're right. Because I, I have this mindset My mindset is towards my wife, okay? So, husbands, you should pay attention, okay? Your wife will be more attractive to you when she gets your full attention, when you're only thinking about her and her alone. Here's what happens she becomes your standard of beauty by which you judge all other beauty in the world by. It's a mindset. When you have a mindset, you're, you're thinking in a particular way. And some of us need some new mindsets when it comes to our family. Now, this might sound like I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you to just have the right self-talk and everything will change. And that's really not what I'm doing. But I do want you to understand the, the power of mindset. There's an article in Psychology Today titled, How Your Thinking Creates Reality. This is what it says. It says, your thoughts if you think them over and over and then you assign truth to them, become beliefs. Beliefs create a cognitive lens through which you interpret the events of your world and the lens serves as a selective filter through which you sift the environment for evidence to match up for what you believe to be true. So here's, here's what that means. That's kind of science-y. But here's what it means. Um, here, here's an example. Maybe someone broke up with you Maybe you're divorced, and because of this breakup or this divorce, you've begun to believe a lie that you're not attractive enough. And so one day, you get all dressed up to go to a party, and at the party, 10 different people tell you how beautiful you are, how handsome you are, what an amazing outfit you have on, how incredible you look. But one person, okay, one person says, Your outfit is so interesting. Okay? One person says that. And you go home and you fixate on that one comment that your outfit is interesting. And that becomes the lens and you see everything through the lens and you interpret that to support your belief that you're not attractive enough and no one likes you and you'll never be good enough and there's no way you'll ever find someone that will take you as you are because you are not enough. And the 10 people who told you how amazing you look don't even show up on your radar because they don't make it through that filter. They don't make it through that belief system that you have set up, and you fixate on that one. And what happens is you further cement that belief in your mind. The mind is powerful. This is why Paul said we have to have our minds renewed. Renewed. You probably have some current mindsets about your family that are based on real things that happened. They might have happened yesterday, or last week, or last month, or 10 years ago. But if you're not careful, those events will create a mindset for your family, and you will then look through everything through that lens. That becomes the lens for your family. So no, I'm not talking about self-talk. I'm talking about a renewed mind, which is a God miracle that begins with the washing of the word. Let me show this to you. Ephesians chapter five lists, in my Bible, it might say it slightly different depending on your translation. The heading over this section is instructions for Christian households, okay? And Ephesians five says, husbands, verse 25, love your wives, husbands love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy cleansing her by washing with water through the word. So my question is, what mindsets about your family do you need washed with the word? Quick question, how many of you ever have had your mouth washed out with soap? Anyone? Anyone? This probably will show the age because um, that's no longer acceptable, I think, according to culture, but I think we should bring it back, okay? I'm just... I'm just, I'm voting for that. I'm running for some office on that platform right now, okay? My grandmother did this to me. My parents would send me to my grandparents' house for two weeks a year. Um, I, I think it served multiple purposes. It allowed my parents two weeks without their two rambunctious boys um, it also meant that grandma was now on the team. <laughs> she got to discipline us, and boy, did she, okay? She, grandma spanked me with everything you can imagine, okay? She spanked me with a shoe. She spanked me with a hand. She spanked me with her belt. She spanked me with a switch off of a tree. She spanked me with everything. If it was within reach, it was a weapon in granny's hands, okay? And one day, <clears throat> I, I, I don't even remember what it was, That's how she washed it right out. Uh, One day I said something, and it was inappropriate. And my grandmother said, go to the bathroom. I will meet you there. And she came in with a bar of soap. And y'all, it was Irish Spring. (laughs) In case you're wondering, in case you didn't have the privilege of living this life, Irish Spring is the worst, okay? Okay. It is the word. Like, dove ain't got nothing on Irish Spring. Lava soap, nothing. I'm telling you, Irish Spring. There are moments, I'm, I'm 44 years old, and there are moments that I'll be eating something, and that taste will just come back into my mouth, and, I, mm, and I'm thinking, Granny, I, will, I promise, I will never talk like that, I promise, still to this day, Okay. That is an experience that I will never forget. I needed I needed it to be fair. I needed it. I needed to be taught a lesson. I needed I needed my mouth washed out with soap. And I'm just I'm using that to talk about this idea that's in the scripture. There's a washing that might need to happen in your mind that that goes back to those old places. They happened. They happened. I'm not discounting the bad things in your family that happened. But listen, if you allow that to be the lens for the rest of your life, that will always define your family dynamic. And if you're here today and you're like, this is not the family that I signed up for, maybe we need to go back to these things that happened and allow a washing, not with Irish soap, because you'll never forget that, but a washing with the word, a renewing of your mind. So new disciplines, new patterns, new mindsets. It's a lot of work. It's a whole lot of work because great families don't happen by accident. Healthy families don't happen by chance. Strong families are by design. Weak families are by default. So we work hard. And then here's the last one. It's, it's super fast. Don't worry. Food trucks are ready for us. We work hard and then we pray hard. Here, here's what I'm telling you. Do what you can do and then understand that there are some things that only God can do. I am not removing, I know most of my message has been about working hard. I'm not removing the supernatural component. We need, we need a supernatural component in our families. We need God to do the parts that only he can do. So I wanna go on record as believing that God still does miracles. I wanna go on record that I, I believe I don't even have to have all the details of your situation. I believe that God can do a miracle in your family. I believe that. I believe that today. Why don't you stand with me? Stand with me. That that means we're trying to close. Worship team's coming. They're gonna help me. This week uh, I was praying about this and this verse, you you might know it. It's pretty, it's pretty well known. This verse kept coming to my mind. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says this says, trust in the Lord. With all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, or your, your version might say acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. And my, my, danger, my danger in this message is because so much of it was about your part of working hard, new disciplines, and, and new mindsets, and new, new patterns that, that, that you might leave today thinking that it's all on you and it's not, but it, there is some on you. But I wanted to close with the God part. I want to close with coming to the Lord and asking him to do a miracle in my life, in your life, in in your family, in your family. I want to to do that. And and here's the deal. When we we don't, this is the part where we don't lean on our own understanding. We trust the Lord with all of our heart. We allow him to make our paths straight. So worship team is gonna, they're gonna lead us in one final song. I'm gonna come back up at the end of this. And I'm gonna lead you in a closing prayer. I'm gonna I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for your family, and I pray I wanna pray especially for those of you that you would identify. and say, you know what? I kind of feel I kind of I, I kind of get Jacob. There's a part of me that there's something about my family that this is not the family that I've dreamed of, that I've prayed for, that I've wished for, that I've wanted. And I'm telling you today, we'll let God. We're gonna ask God to do His part, and I'm gonna send you to do your part, and God's gonna do a miracle and your family. Worship team, help us this morning. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Fellowship Podcast. For more information, visit harvestabq.org.